Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today, I sit down with Amelia Rose Rittaller and enjoy some chilled vodka crayons. Amelia is a comedian, a TV development intern, and a woman I admire immensely. Why a vodka crayon? Vodka crayon, I think it was like, uh, I went to the mall <laughs> and was like, I turned 19, I needed beverage. And they were like, need some what beverage. do you want? And I was like, I don't, I, I guess I could... I have no idea. <laughs> um, I like cranberry juice as a child. Mm-hmm. And then vodka, I feel like first year of uni, like I didn't start really drinking until college. Um, first year of uni, it was like you'd get vodka and then like you could put that in so many different things compared mm. to like tequila is less um, versatile. versatile uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone starts with vodka, like Smirnoff vodka. And then like the Smirnoff ices were popular. So yeah. I just became like vodka girl. Mm. Um, and I think I was like a huge fan of Chelsea Handler at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she had that book, like, um, something vodka. Oh, all I'm thinking was, like, isn't it, like, one of them's, like, dear God, it's me, uh, Chelsea? Oh, yeah. Dear vodka, it's me, Chelsea. She left E. She wrote all these fun books. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, okay, she's, like, young. She's, like, she's loves young. to party, blah, 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 blah. And she was, like, you know what? I'm tired of being a blonde. Yeah. She went ahead, did a spin, yeah. and was, like, I love government. I think it was actually when Trump was elected. It was really a big shift. I think um, for so many people, like, went underground and was just, like, okay, I am no longer going to follow. I, I no longer feel like I have the privilege to follow my dream. I actually just need to fix this fucked up foundation. And people just, like, went into – also, I just think people got scared. Like, if – Yeah, I think it was a lot of, like, scared reactions, and that's how the scaredness filtered through them. Mm-hmm. Were scaredness. you – Scaredness. Okay, so you are originally from Texas – Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Does that, this is just an so old man voice. It's not. <laughs> I was like, I'll bring up an, bring out an accent for the people. I just went, yeehaw. <laughs> that was like Toronto being. Maybe you have more Toronto in your blood Listen, than you Listen, when I think of Texas, I just think of like men that are like, ugh. So it's not yeah, really like an guests. accent. It's an energy. Right, right, right. It's an energy. <laughs> yeah. Were you? Okay, I feel, I actually feel dumb asking this, but were you in Canada or US when Trump got elected? I was in Canada. It was my first semester. Okay, you were here. Okay. But it was like, I remember my senior year of high school. um, It was like the, the, he got the Republican nomination. Mm. And I remember that, like people being crazy. I remember I was in a macro, like an AP macroeconomics class. (laughs) And they were like, you have to write an essay about like someone or something. And um, I wrote an essay about how if, Trump got elected um this is what would happen to the economy based on like charts and graphs I remember drawing little graphs of like rate and demand demand supply demand economics (laughs) so was was your essay like shit's gonna go bad or were you like yeah things might look up no it was it wasn't good news um but then it was like it was like weird to do that and then have this year of 
like all the news just be like Trump, Trump, Trump. Mm -hmm. And then like all because I watched a lot of like TV and like all the like comedy stuff I was watching was all just like Trump, Trump, Trump. And then it's like crazy to think like, oh, I wrote a cute little essay about it (sighs) like a year. Like times are changing. And now it's like when you watch like um, a movie and see him in it briefly or like a reference. Like I remember watching like an early season Keeping Up with the Kardashians over Christmas break and they brought up Trump casually. Yeah. Or like 30 Rock they casually brought up like Trump as like a joke and a C plot and I was like I have chills. It means like I remember I used to watch Apprentice. I didn't think anything of it. Like like I thought oh this guy's an idiot. Like I sort of just but I just thought like oh he's a rich dumb white idiot. Like there's lots of those. Yeah, and they can get a lot of power. They can get a lot. Of, they can get like even more power than they apparently already have, or maybe they had the power and I, I was just an idiot to it. But yeah, it was. It was yeah. okay. So in Texas, yeah. okay, where did, where did you grow up in the same sort of area all your life? Did you move around a lot? Like, where did you grow up in Texas? Yeah, so I stayed in the same area. I stayed. Or I I grew up in a suburb right outside the city limits of Austin. Okay. Um, and this it, it really like grew. Like mm. I remember the road like closest to my house was like two streets or two lanes, and then by the time I like left, it was like six lanes. Like the amount of like like the city like. It seemed small when I was small, and then, mm-hmm. like, as I grew up, it felt like it grew up. Mm. So it was, like, really weird. But it's still just, like, a big old suburb sitting in Texas. <laughs> so did it have small-town vibes, like, where pe- everyone knows each – Now I'm, like, whittling this down to, like, right. tell me a caricature, but that's not what I mean. What was the vibe when you were growing up? Did you feel like, oh, there's lots of different people here, or everyone's the same, I'm different? Like, how did you feel when you grew up in that area? Right. I mean, it was big enough that it wasn't like, oh, my God, I ran into Pam again at <laughs> yeah, the yeah. store. Fucking Pam. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a neighbor named Pam at one Oh, time. shout out to Pam. Yeah. I wonder if she's still on Possum Trot Lane. Possum, Possum Trot, Trot Road, Lane. Iconic street. Um, The vibe. What was the question? Uh, <laughs> like, what? yeah. What was the, was it small town vibe or was it more like? It was kind of like, as Hannah Montana said, the best of both worlds. Um, <laughs> my parents, like, uh, got divorced when I was like three. And mm. my mom, like, got a house in a neighborhood with a really good, like, elementary school. And, like, everybody in the neighborhood's, like, kids were our age. And that mm. was really, like, um, its own little world it felt like um like I could go to most things in my life like within a half mile radius Mm. so that was like small town energy and then my dad got a house on main street which is like right in the little downtown core Mm. um which is just like one street called main street um with the world famous donut shop uh, oh that guy fiero fieri oh guy fieri he always makes me think of Corey birch I think yeah. he was like him for Halloween one year or something. Okay, yeah, I could see. So that. he went to the donut shop. He went to the donut shop once, and I DVR'd that episode of on, um, of his show. I DVR'd. It actually like <laughs> makes me feel more connected to you that you know what DVR'd is. Like I always yeah. feel like I'm such an old grandma around you, but like never in a bad way I no I love making to... like pretending I'm even younger than I am because people <laughs> get scared like I was on set this week and um somebody was filming I guess it was like BTS um with like a camcorder mm, yeah. and not like one of the old heavy ones like not like the mean girls oh one. look at her they... pulling out that she knows older than this model yeah older than that <laughs> I saw Amy Poehler hold an old fat one in yeah, yeah. mean girls circa oh. 2003 yes yes but yes. it was like one of the newer ones and I was like oh my god I've never seen anything that big 
<laughs> and everybody was like, who is oh she? Oh my God, check that she has a driver's license. That she's okay. <laughs> yeah. Why do we keep letting her drive? <laughs> Why are we letting her drive to Best Buy yeah. and to... I loved all of your Thank you updates. Thank for really... Um, there's nobody else in my life that enjoys my vlogs at this point I love it at this point you're my one fan and I really appreciate it oh and I'm very genuine about it I've I've gotten to the point too where like I don't want to react on Instagram even when when it's like they give you those eight little emojis are you laughing are you hearting yeah are you I'm like listen I'm not gonna send you an I heart if I'm not actually feeling it because it's too much like I need to be again like I want to I am trying to get to Actually, very much about, like, what I'm trying to sort of learn from you is that I feel like you are just undeniably yourself. And and I'm putting this... No, no. <laughs> I'm putting... And uh, I'm, like, putting... I realize that I'm, like, putting this on you. So this is not... My perception of you is just that you are yourself with such ease and that you have no apology for it and you're just comfortable with who you are. And I think that's, like, it's so... It's so impossible not to want to be around you and like not to adore you. And so I'm taking very small steps. First of all, this podcast of like just trying to connect with people and be like, okay, this is what I'm genuinely struggling with instead of let's just chat after a show where we're all going to like smile and say good job. And oh my God, I saw this Yeah. Like, and, and that blind encouragement is so wonderful. I do it all the time because I want good for people. So that's genuine. But, um, you're like the sweetest ever. Uh, well, I, mean, I just, I think like I want to, yeah, no, I'm a genuine fan on, speaking of Instagram, I want to chat about, so what is, okay, what is Quick Oats Coffee? Okay, thank you for announcing the I name, <laughs> the name of the account so people can find it. Okay, it's so on Instagram private, so it's fine. at Quick Oats Coffee. Uh, I, I love also that you're saying that as if like, it's on private, it's fine, as if like the three listeners to this podcast don't already follow you, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah finstas have been a big part of my life since i don't even I know what a 15. finsta is what is a finsta um finsta uh i got my first one in like high school maybe like 10th yeah 10th grade it wasn't but um because of the way instagram developed from sort of like here's a random picture of my couch to like um being <laughs> kind of a measure of like who you are or kind mm. of like a profile of what your life is mm-hmm. um i think like like in high school we had all these like rules and stuff like I was on dance team and we had a lot of rules about how we present ourselves to the world Mm. and I guess like the area of Texas I grew up in it was all about like especially for girls like how are you presenting yourself to society even though it's like like it's not like 1905 vibes but like (laughs) it was very much like you only want to look good you want to look like clean and sweet and like be a very specific version of yourself mm-hmm. and I think that in high school that like made me and most of the people I went to school with like feel a little bit trapped like we couldn't properly express ourselves online because mm-hmm. we had to express ourselves through a certain narrative on like Rinsta mm-hmm. so Finsta is really Rinsta but it's basically a private <laughs> private Instagram account where it's just like shit posts and um, oh my god so I really did announce your private yeah, but I Instagram. I also public I put it on my Rinsta's on Instagram Rinsta. story begging people to follow it. <laughs> That's how so, I found it. Yeah. So wait, is Rinsta like real Insta and Finsta's fake, fake Insta? Insta. <gasps> I thought Finsta was fan Insta. No. So I thought it was Oh my god. No, no, no. no so no. funny cuz I've really enjoyed your posts. Thank you. Well, Quick I Oats got Coffee. rid of it because it was really actually um 
in high school and like first year of university especially Mm -hmm. um became kind of a negative space where I would put like all the feelings I felt like I wasn't allowed to present to the world Mm. so it was a lot of like being like I'm sad I'm lonely like this sucks I'm angry about this um in like that private space but then I made I like I realized I was basically I didn't know how to process emotions except through like um Instagram like Mm. or through like social media like rather than being like I'm sad I'd be like I feel this feeling of sadness coming on I'm gonna like detach myself from it by making a clever sad caption Mm. about it and then it's sort of like okay posted now that now that experience is done now I'm over it and like when people like it that's like them acknowledging like hey that emotion was okay but it made you process like because you couldn't just like be like like you wouldn't say a sentence like I am sad because of this. You'd be like, isn't it quirky as fuck that this <laughs> right. awful thing just happened to me? Lol's peace sign face. <laughs> right. And you're like, okay, great. I'm s- And oh, that person liked it. I'm so glad that, yeah. that that feeling was validated and accepted. It was like performing sadness instead of actually working Feeling it. it. So yeah, how much? Okay, so it almost sounds like you were being asked in high school like to like to brand yourself like okay what is your brand your brand needs to be all positivity how much did that bleed into real life like how much was it acceptable for and you said girls especially but like how much did you experience that it was acceptable to be sad or to not be happy all the time or to not be perfect I think I think I just like found my I was like well I have different rules than everybody else (laughs) because I would be like of course my friend can be sad of course like this person in my life can have this emotion but I can't have it actually like Mm. I wouldn't let myself have human emotions why why was it why was it different rules I think I made different rules because I uh, come across very like naturally bubbly and like super happy all the time Mm -hmm. and I think from like as young as like first grade like teachers teachers would always be like oh we love Amy she's so like positive or like Mm. like friends moms would be like oh I love that my like daughter's friends with her she's just so like happy all the time and just Mm. like a bubble of energy and I think that I was like oh like people only like if I like keep this like jog up like let me just like emanate only that and Mm -hmm. not show any other side Mm -hmm. it's Um, like a contract almost you're signing like okay great I'm positivity girl yeah yeah people were like oh she's the fun one that's like a good hang yeah I'd be like okay yeah I am I have no negative thoughts (laughs) yeah oh my god girl I would have I literally was just talking about this with somebody is that I would meet people and I would just sort of figure out like, oh, what do you need in this situation? You need someone who's funny? Or like, oh no, you need a heart to heart. I'll be whatever you need. But then the next day, I now feel like I always have to be funny girl with you. I always have to be like there for you girl. And then I'm getting nothing. Yeah, and it's like at the end of the day, like that is kind of the contract you sign yourself up for because they only want to hang out with you because they want to get the version of you you gave them. And like... Mm -hmm. I, I have a friend right now that also, like, falls into that a lot where, like, people will like her because she filled in whatever void mm-hmm. she could sense they needed to make them comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you tend to, like, gravitate towards people that give you what you want. What you, yeah, or, but like, then, what you're missing But then you need. walk out of a conversation and you're like, oh, all these people really like me, but they know absolutely nothing about me. They yeah. just like what I provided for them. They actually have no idea who I am. Yeah, like, yeah. tell me, like, three things about myself, some of yeah. these people. And I'm like, wow, I could tell you, like your history I could tell you about your family Uh I know what your brother does for a living and like you can't tell me 
you don't even know I have a dog. I feel like you're friends with everybody and a genuine friendship. Like I don't see you as a person who goes around and is fake and just like connects with people. So how do you make those like connections with people and not sign those contracts? I don't know. I, I like sometimes I really struggle with this. Like how do I go? I find somebody that I actually like and like, mm-hmm. oh, Amelia, like she seems awesome. I want to meet her. I want to put my best foot forward and mm-hmm. be have a good first impression. But then I don't want to be stuck in having to always be those like two things with her. Right. You know, how do you, I don't know, like how do you then make it so I'm not signing a contract? I, see, that is a big question. Yeah, um, like. But I don't, I don't know. Because for me, it like doesn't feel like I don't do that mm. as well. Um, I think like moving to a city and not knowing anyone and then surrounding myself with a lot of different types of people that were not similar to me in any way mm. um, kind of made me good at just like being able to carry a conversation with anyone. Mm. Um, the key hot tip, <laughs> it only takes two steps to get a person oh to like God, you. Oh my God, hit us. All right, Amelia's Kay. two steps to get somebody to like you. Step one. Yeah. Um, you... Um, you walk, you like look at them and you're like, what do you think they're not that confident about? I'm going to compliment the thing they think they're bad at. <laughs> this is terrifying me already. Okay. <laughs> and then um, after like, they're like, oh my God, what are, like that like gets people attention because they're like, oh, who is this random person that like just made me feel nice? Mm. And then you just ask them questions about themselves. Yeah. And people love talking about themselves. Um, and so the more questions you ask, the more they're like, I like this person. I don't know why I like them, but they make me feel good. And it's just because you let them You let talk. them talk about your, them, and, themselves. And people love attention. And I am naturally like, I want to know everything about anyone. Mm-hmm. So I like feel like I naturally do those two things. And I... I don't know. I think it's actually a nervous tick that anytime I see someone, like the way I start every conversation is like, oh my God, you were so great in this, whatever. Or like, those socks are awesome. Or like, okay, hair vibe. <laughs> like every time I see someone, I'm like, okay, somebody got bangs and they're thriving. <laughs> okay, but originally you made it almost sound like when you're like, step one, it sounded almost like manipulative. But like, the way I'm a saying, sociopath yeah, being like, like, how oh, do I do the human I thing? went on Instagram and I know that they hate their eyebrows, so let's no. come. But then when you're saying it, like, it just sounds like you're looking for ways to connect with somebody, which I think yeah. is everybody's doing. But then, because I'll do that. I If I meet somebody, I want to genuinely ask questions, you know, yeah, about I who they like are. Yeah, I very similar in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the way we, like, interact with people is quite similar. Mm-hmm. I think... Wait, what was the but then, original okay. question? Yeah, the, it's like, like how, do you, how do you have <laughs> the one cliff note? How do you... Uh, can I get a printed copy? Can I, <laughs> no, that's I'll just, just text them to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you make friendships that are two-sided? Um, how do you put your best foot forward asking <laughs> asking somebody questions? Like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm just going to ask Amelia all the questions about her. I'm still going to walk away being like, well, bitch didn't ask anything about <laughs> me. So I guess this is one-sided and it's work again. <laughs> clock in, clock out. I feel like you and me have lived the same life where we're just like, oh, I'm just 30 years so older than you. I have so many friends that have never met me. <laughs> uh, oh my God. No, genuinely, I just got chills. That's yes, what it is. I, I, so I might many, cry with you. I have so, so many, many friends, friends who have never met me. Yeah, who have never met me. Ew. And it's and most of it's my fault. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, no. And I have, and I've actually been recently like reflecting on this. I think in the last like year or so, I realized like, 
Oh, the reason I get no satisfaction out of so many of my relationships, because I got depressed my second, well, at the end of my first year in Toronto, and then my whole second year, I was really mm. isolated um, and, like, got really sad and was like, oh, what's the point of anything? And it was like, from that, I realized, like, oh, all the relationships I've ever had have been really unsatisfying because they've always been one-sided. It's always been, like, how can I be the best performative friend for this person? Yeah. Because my only value is, like, being good for somebody else rather than, like, somebody else being good for me. Oh, I don't want to snap because it's a podcast, but, like, <laughs> preach. No, this is, yeah, like, but feeding like, my once soul. Once you realize that, you're like, okay, I don't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. I deserve better. And I've had, like, a weird, like, in middle school, I was grouped with all these um, girls that um, only liked me because I was whatever they needed me to be. But then, like, they would never actually, like, be there for me. And I think, like... That made me realize, like, oh, this sucks and isn't fulfilling. Like, they're like they were the like popular girls or whatever, and I was like, oh, like being like in a picture with them isn't gonna like make me actually happy. Mm. Like, um, that's a big that's a so big then, like realization when you're growing up in a, in a time and area where it sounds like like basically curating your life is the most important thing. Yeah. So then it, you know. And so I was like, it doesn't matter if I'm really connected to them as long as like it looks like to other people yeah. that I'm doing fine. But mm-hmm. then I remember like, remember being like, this is so unsatisfying. Like I'd rather have like friends where it feels fun. Yeah. And then I think I've just been really picky since then. And like, I think high school, I still fell into the same trap and like, Toronto I think I still did in some ways but Mm. I think I like started Canadians are nice if you (laughs) didn't know and like for the first time ever like people would be nice back to me when I was nice to them Uh and I would be like oh oh my god it was like a new vibe like yeah it was like a new energy I was like oh I've never had somebody like say something positive to me (laughs) this is incredible it's crazy like what is going on in Texas or just in I don't know areas. if it's Texas as a I know, that's whole, why I'm like, but oh, like, I'm like, or areas. I yeah. think I like just like, yeah, I was like, oh, I'll just like be like, like it doesn't matter how people treat me. It matters how I treat others. Mm-hmm. Um, and like until I like started just casually running into people that were nice t- as well um, and really like giving and relationships. Mm-hmm. Um then I was like, oh, this is, like, it could be a two-way thing. Like, yeah. let's try and make friends with people that um, are nice. Back. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. No, me no. listening to any of the last 15 minutes, I'll be like, <laughs> what is she saying? Who is she? I've never met her. Well, and what's surprising, I think, is, like, some of these one-sided relationships, at least that I've had, I've been, I've been so bummed out about them because uh-huh. I thought, like, but I, I really like that person. I want it to be two-sided. Oh, and it's I'm been sorry, surprising. That's fine. So You're not. Bangs. You're not. Everything's going to fizzle. Like, yeah. Because um, some of these one-sided relationships, uh-huh. I actually think that, you know how we're like, it's unfair to us because it's one-sided. Yeah. It's also unfair to those friends because I'm not asking anything of them. And how, yeah. how nice is it, like, if in our friendship, if you texted me or came to me and said, like, hey, I'm having a really tough time, could you come over? That is, I see, that's such a gift that, like, wow, you want me to, you want, you need me, you want me. Mm-hmm. And I don't ask that of many people. And so 
I've noticed, this is also just me working in therapy. This, that's yes, what's queen. changed. Yeah, that's what's changed my friendships in that like, I started just very slowly dipping my toe in asking things of people. Yeah. And the amount of times that these people rise to the occasion as if it wasn't even a question, I'm like, oh, this is way more in my control. So some of these relationships, I don't have to just like end them. They're so salvageable. And it's, and it's yeah, totally in it's my control. Yeah, it's all about just being like, hey, I'm going to actually have new boundaries yeah. now. Um, this is a boundary acceptance request. Yeah, are you going ex- to accept or ignore? Because <laughs> yeah. if you ignore, we will slowly fade into yeah. oblivion. And so many times when they fade into oblivion romantic. I didn't mean it that way. I meant like we'll fall up apart from one another. Like the relationship will just be in the black hole. I've been watching yeah. a lot of dark on Netflix. Yeah, I love Disney Channel's original movie, <laughs> Minutemen, starring Jason Dolly. It was good. I want to take us back to Texas. Okay, before you moved to Toronto. Yeah. So you have dual citizenship. Yeah. So I know. Do people, do you feel like the the like the bitterness from, I feel like especially maybe too, Canadians. I too, but I, I like support the bitterness and the fact that people are still able to be even a lick of nice to me is <laughs> amazing to me because I can put myself in that position where it's like, you feel like you're stuck and there isn't really a way for you to get out of mm. the marshmallow. Like the marshmallow. Or yeah. like if it's so many steps and then you meet this person that just like doesn't have to deal with those steps. Like that would be the most frustrating thing in the world. And it does suck. But I also think like Toronto has so many great opportunities and we are told this lie that like this version of success is better than a different version of success Mm -hmm. and we're sold that idea and people buy it and then they're sad when they really could have just been like oh that's not my narrative I could have just as good a life if not better like in this narrative Mm -hmm. it's hard because I think especially with acting I feel like you can can be like, oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor. And you can work for 10 years. And that's like realistic. I don't even, I should have picked a bigger number because it's not even exaggerating. But if I was like, oh, I'm going to work 10 years. And at 10 years, if I'm lucky, I'm finally, you guys might hear Bella just, just walking around, chomping on carrots. Um, at 10 years, I finally am like, oh, I'm at a place where I'm a part-time working actor. Right. I'm finally doing what I thought I always wanted to do, and I realize I don't like it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's so many jobs where it's like, you could go in, you could you could go to school for the job, you could get, uh, you know, get a, a job in that career. Like, oh, I want to be a physiotherapist. I'm pulling my partner's job out of it. Mm-hmm. I want to be a physiotherapist. I'm going to go through all this schooling. Okay, I get that. You're going to go and get a job work at it for a couple years and maybe then you're like wow this isn't what I thought but acting is such a tricky elusive thing that like yeah I think I want to do it but when I finally get to do it maybe I didn't want to do this like and that whole idea yeah. of being sold that narrative of like where am I going to go sometimes you don't even know that you don't want that until you get it and then and you're then, like well, and crap. then you're like embarrassed because we put all this pressure on each other to be like this is what I am and yeah. this is what I do and this is what I like so mm-hmm. then you're like oh but I already told everybody and I told myself that this is what I want yeah now so maybe I don't even know if I'm wrong or like you try and confuse yourself and tell yourself oh maybe I do want this and maybe I'm just not enjoying it right now and blah 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 maybe being pessimistic you know what okay I did try this and I didn't like it and I have like uh, enough of not an ego enough of an (laughs) anti-ego or like the I don't know like a lot of people 
are I feel like are afraid to make a change mm-hmm. to what they said they were doing mm-hmm. and it, I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> no but it's true like some people it, it's almost like change there's like and a negative there's negative connotations your mind. towards being like i wanted to go to school for dentistry but then i found out i love anthropology yeah and people are like well that's embarrassing like you're you like, wasted okay. your time or yeah. whatever it's like oh okay great and it's yeah. like maybe the system where they make us choose one interest when we're 18 years old yeah. to influence the rest of our time on earth is I was in actually grade flawed. six i was like 12 and they, i remember them having a whole thing we were laying out grade seven and eight what you should pay attention to Mm. to what classes to take for grade 9 to 12 to then for your university and I remember being like what are you doing like why why, you... why did they make me learn excel 2007 yeah. <laughs> in eighth grade I'm yeah. not accounting anytime like soon. what is going on and like t- yeah it, it drove me crazy I'm so curious about this move to Toronto because right. I think it takes such okay because my my thought was all right you have dual citizenship cool I might think hey I could live in either country. Maybe I should go try it in that country for a little bit. That's Mm -hmm. still a huge step, whether you have dual citizenship or not. So why the move to Toronto? What was like alluring about it? Right. Um, I think like, so I didn't always have dual citizenship. My dad was always from Canada and he was Canadian, but I I was always just American. And then like my grandma lived in Toronto still because my dad grew up here. Um, We would visit her and like we knew like, oh, like, my dad's Canadian, like, technically we could probably be Canadian. Mm. And then my parents were like, oh, it's really smart if our kids become dual citizens. That will provide them with so many opportunities Mm. in their adult lives. Why don't we, like pay the government the $50 processing fee to make them like it yeah retroactive citizens or something so basically my parents filled out paperwork when I was like 15 and it's not on my Instagram account now because I deleted it (laughs) (laughs) but I took a there's a picture of me in a root sweater classic of course a different one not the red one I used to have a navy one before I decided I was a minimalist and gave away all my belongings (laughs) three years ago um, but it's me with no pants, classic, in a giant red sweater, classic, holding a Canadian like certificate, like of um citizenship, yeah, in front of my house with like uh, blonde highlights, and I was like, <laughs> I'm a Canadian now. I remember being really excited because that was the most likes I ever got on Instagram because I, I got w- it golden, got it during golden hour. So people were like, this is a good pick. Double what that. is golden hour? Oh, like it's like, like the, the weather golden really... hour. I thought this was like a social media thing, and I'm like, Jesus, again, again. I'm lost. Oh, ama- okay. Um, so, but so yeah. then I was a so then I was a citizen, and then I got my passport like right before I moved here. Or I think I actually had already moved here. Mm. But I basically was so overwhelmed and so stressed by colleges and like how what college you went to like meant about like your future and your life and who are you as a person and why are you valuable and I like went to school and our school was all about statistics and stats and like how good we can like how good our test scores can be rather than like how valuable was this education Uh. to this person's entire Mm well-being so I was really academically minded I was in like all those smart classes like on this track to just like try and get into college like my whole high school was just about working hard to get into a good school and then I was in the top eight percent I the the good school to get into but um besides like Ivy Leagues which I was like I'm mad at calculus we're not doing that um (laughs) was UT Austin Mm -hmm. and I remember getting into that and then being like oh I should go here because people will be like oh she is has value because she goes to this cool school but I remember being like 
I am surrounded by people that all are the exact same. I don't think I want to live in this town forever and be like a wife and mom and that's it. Which and like, that felt like the track. And that felt like the track. Mm-hmm. And it felt like all my entire worth was just like how good of a mom I could be. While, how can I stay like looking really young, have perfect hair, like have like perfect whatever, blah, blah, blah. It was all this pressure. And I was like, do I even want to play this game? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. What did and you want to do then? Like what, what I was... Didn't, like that's the thing. Like I didn't and I still don't know what I want to do. I yeah. just remember being like, I don't think this is it. I want to go to a place where everything I've ever learned is challenged. Wow. And I think it goes back to like me being really religious and then qu- kind of quitting religion and being like, because I remember like being like, wait, the church doesn't really make sense. And how old were you then? Like, so I'm assuming you grew up with religion. Yeah, my, Mm -hmm. both my families were like somewhat religious. My mom grew up Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad grew up Lutheran, uh, I think. Um, And so we like went to church. Uh, I went to like Sunday school Mm -hmm. and it was actually like a way where like my dad would drop us off at like me and my brother's office Sunday school and my mom would pick us up. It would be a way to like switch houses between parents. Oh, don't. Um, Divorce parents yeah. love a good convenient they drop-off pickup. Oh my God. Oh mm. yeah. Mm. That's what son, that's what learning about the Lord is for. Oh, Easy that's divorce what Jesus pickups. does for you. But um, I got really into my church in middle school and that was when both of my parents kind of fell out of it but they had all these like youth group events and it was like a way to like socialize Mm -hmm. so I like signed up for all of those and then became very very religious wow what was okay so and it's so interesting to me that you would you would I don't know what I don't know if you can hear Bella crying I don't know what she wants from me probably more carrots um it's so interesting to me that you dive deeper into religion when your parent at the same time that your parents sort of like took yeah, a step back but I also I actually like this semester I took a children's programming class and we learned about the age breakdowns for different types of shows and like what are the big questions um kids at different age are dealing with and in the like 7 to 13 year old age range mm-hmm. it's all about um uh value building Um, okay and all about kind of like morals and ethics like you start to form your own or actually no this is age 13 to 16 sorry okay um and that's like middle school or high school it's like when you're asking all these questions and so I'm wondering all of this and then church is telling me oh it's here's the answer and I was like okay I love I love a textbook answer Uh, I love somebody. Is that uh, what it was? Like, was there comfort in someone already coming up with answers? And you're like, great. Yeah, it was a comfort of being like, this is something you believe. And I think, like, since, like, I grew up with, like, my mom and dad had different rules and beliefs, Mm. it was always confusing for me as a kid to be like, wait, so what side do I take? Like, what's Mm. the right answer? Yeah. Like, who should I believe? And so, like, church was maybe subconsciously a thing that's, like, not – like it was like a strict set of things that I could believe and there was no question of like uh, is this the right thing or the, is this the right thing because my mom would say one thing about one thing my dad would say another and I'd yeah. be like okay uh, what am I supposed to pick so it w- I was always felt like I was in a limbo and church was like a calm in a storm of like unanswered questions it was all these answered questions so I was like okay cute I'm into it yeah and then I remember being like wait a second this doesn't fucking make sense what do I do now (laughs) and then I joined the school musical (laughs) you did that I was like I need a new religion and the rest is history history. I'm on Broadway baby (laughs) 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 (
don't rain on my parade. <laughs> oh my god. The thing with church made me realize there was like more than one way to do things. Yeah. And then I think I was so overwhelmed by the pressure of college that I was like, what if I just get out of it? And I was like, moving to Canada, nobody ever does that. <laughs> and also it was a joke at the time because Trump was nominated. Like, oh my God, oh. we're all moving to Canada. And I was like, okay, people would totally laugh if I if act- you actually if did I- it. And I was like, I have even citizenship. I could technically apply for a university. And then if I get in and choose to go, I could be like, guys, I'm moving to Canada. And it would be legit. <laughs> what so are awesome we saying bit. <laughs> that we have Trump to thank for meeting for you me. for you coming to probably Toronto that, maybe probably but I don't it wasn't like oh I want to move wherever. it was mostly it was mostly me wanting to, being a like watching tv and being like city girls seem cool I want to be one <laughs> um and then me like realizing how expensive out-of-state schools because I remember like being like I should go to Northwestern in Chicago I should go to NYU yeah like I should like go to like these big cities mm-hmm. and then it's like 60 grand American dollars <sighs> so that's actually about two billion dollars <laughs> Canadian. Yeah. I was gonna say it was probably alluring to move to Canada too because so, you're like oh great it's like three dollars yeah, perfect it's like three dollars because I get to pay you. domestic fees and like I know p- people here are like fees are so much but they're so so much in America mm-hmm. it's like seven grand Canadian I think a semester like a year for me to go here yeah so I was like oh that's will be nice and thankfully my parent my dad's paying for university mm-hmm. um but, so he was excited about that but uh, he I was excited <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was excited about that he was very uh, excited you're welcome yeah. Roy um <laughs> shout out to Roy I was here visiting my grandma um like my senior year of high school and it was during the time I was stressed out about college Mm -hmm. and I was shopping at the Eaton Center and my parents were like you should go to school here there's like a school here named Ryerson like let's go tour it so they they were the ones who sort of like put the idea of Ryerson yeah they were like you know you could do this and my parents have said like um, in the last year like we always wanted like to make it so you you and your siblings felt like you could be a global citizen not just like Wow. A Texan one. And I think it probably goes back to, like, my dad being from Canada. So, like, uh, staying in one state isn't normal. And my mom's not from Texas either. They both moved there for, like, um, jobs at IBM, the the computer company. Um, So then I remember touring Ryerson and being like, oh, my God. This is city living. Look at this street corner. Look at this city energy. (laughs) If I went here, I would literally be in the heart of the city. So you see it. You're like, this is city life. I want to be here. Yeah. And then I also toured Queens University. Oh, really? That's so, and it, like, that's so different. And it's so different, but Queens was actually, like, I remember walking in around and being like, this could be me, because it was almost like the Canadian version of what it would have been like to go to school in Texas, mm. because it was all school spirit, and, like, my high school yes. was really like that. It would really be a continuation of high school, just the Canadian version, but it would really be like, oh, I could see myself, like, joining campus life here and like really getting into like the energy yeah but then I'd be like but then I remember thinking like oh this is gonna I have a huge fear of being like trapped in a certain life and Mm. looking around and hating it and not being able to escape it and I felt like I was just like continuing on a track and I was like I don't want to get stuck like going down a road that and I'm too far in it that I can't like be afraid to like switch paths. So I was like, I might as well start young. I was like, I think when I graduate university, I'll want to live in a city. Mm. Why don't I like 
cut the cord early to, <laughs> and so just to move say, to a city because i was like uh i remember reading like mindy K- kayleen's book um, is everyone hanging out without me and I, other concerns think, the first one i think i read the second one first. oh okay, okay. Um, but she talked about college and how she went to one in the woods and really enjoyed it and then moved oh, to yeah. the city i think she went to dartmouth or something but i remember being like i think i would get bored in like a college town like i think i would be over it and feel trapped yeah and then want to finish my degree so I would stay there and then like I think moving to a city after college after like being in a certain track would be like you'd be dealing with I think it was like an easier way to kind of adapt myself to living in a city Mm. because then I was like well I have the comfort of being a university student yeah um I'm like I lived in residence first year so I was like okay I'm automatically meeting people so what's this like fear about changing your mind like what is this thing about like I'm gonna get stuck and then I can't like I make a decision and then I'm stuck and then I can't get out like what what I I don't know what it is I think it is probably all the movies I watched Oh, because why? I don't know. To me, it seems like every like formative movie I watched was like Kristen Bell being 30 and being like, I don't like my job here. What <laughs> yeah. do I do now? Or like it would be like woman is newly divorced. Mm, like it was so yeah, many like 35. Yeah. I think it was like I watched all the movies about women having midlife crises or being like, wait, I don't want to be a mom and married to this piece of shit I married when I was 26 yeah and now I am and how do I like and you're like attach and I think it also is a combination of like all the women I knew growing up Mm -hmm. were very much like in a position where it'd be really hard for them to be like I don't want that I don't know it was just like oh I'm a married life like all my finances are shared with this like my high school sweetheart and I have kids I'm not gonna like leave them or make their life hard. like it just felt like they felt trapped by because I think women were told like like I think the generation below us was like what you do when you grow up is you get get married and have and kids have kids and maybe be like an administrative assistant yeah like you can have a career but as long as it doesn't impede on the first two priorities on the which first is the wife things. and kids and I remember being like that actually isn't a rule yeah I could not and then I was like, so how can I stop myself? But I think a lot of people, like, it always makes me uncomfortable when people are like, I see you as someone who's just fearless. Like, you have no fears. But I mm-hmm. think my fears, like, I think a lot of people's fears are judgment of others or, like, a fear of, like, standing out in a bad way mm-hmm. or a fear of doing something and failing. Mm-hmm. But my... Those are three of my fears yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah and, and literally, I think you're fearless. I wrote it down on my page. I'm... Yes, please keep going. Yeah, so I think my fear is always fear of getting trapped, fear of um, being too afraid to um, grow. Mm. Like, to... Like, I think you should make choices out of hope, not fear. Mm-hmm. And I think my mom is pretty fearless, but she's, like, fearful about certain things. Like, I remember me moving to the city. She's like, you're going to die. Somebody is, gonna, <laughs> somebody, somebody is going oh to God, shoot you in the mom. street if you walk outside after 8 p.m. Like, it was just, like, the, like, everything was so intense. It's like, this is unsafe to do, like... My dad got me a Fiat in high school, and my mom was like, that is a death machine. Like, as soon as my dad got me the car, my mom sent me email with attachments of videos of Fiat crashes. Stop. Being like, you will die in this car. So my mom had such intense fears for random things. I remember, like, once one traumatic event in my life was, like, there was a phase in middle school where all my friends' birthday parties were us, like, 
like like 10 of 10 like 12 year old girls going and staying the night at like a Marriott oh my god <laughs> and just yeah, like a big birthday. a big slumber party yeah totally but my mom was like this is dangerous you'll die and she, I remember like it's always die like there's no like yeah. you might you won't, you won't, like you know the uh, like my mom if I could put her as a tv character she's more than this this is one facet of her yeah but like the guy the gym coaching uh, mean girls that's like if you have sex you will get you will pregnant. die you yeah you, you will, will get chlamydia and yeah. then you will die there's actually no other option no you there's will be no sliced diverting. in the throat if you walk onto a subway platform yeah, like, after 8 15 p.m <laughs> like but then you went and like I feel like you go out and make such bold choices like is that in a response to how I'm your mom sure is it's reactionary I right think it's I'm sure it's like you say like I'll die if I do this watch me not die yeah yeah watch <laughs> me do this well it's also interesting to me that like to have this idea of oh my god I don't want to get trapped like what if I want to change my mind and I can't because it sounds like you're coming from a family where your parents changed their mind and got yeah. divorced. You're, you're, they, they're not from Texas. They moved. Your dad moved countries. They also wanted like you to be able to move wherever you want. Like it's, it yeah. seemed like there was such a space for, and like also an example in actions of people changing their minds. I think like I remember being like 15, mm -hmm. and it was still like I'm randomly talking about divorce a bunch mm. I didn't know I would say so much about divorce I tonight. don't have it written but, down to ask you but I love it like no like, like I like divorce was still presented as, as this big gigantic failure mm. like getting divorced from somebody you married means your marriage failed yeah. like it was such a like your life sucks now. Like, now you are this sad loser mm -hmm. who, like, made a huge mistake and the last 15 years of your life were a waste. Were a waste. Yeah, I hate, I don't, and I, it's I, like, I hate the waste thing. That's insane. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, I think divorce is one of the most beautiful things because you meet so many people that are together with somebody and you're like, they are miserable. Yeah. And they are staying together because they think it's better to be for better or for worse, they're like, even though I'm miserable, it's better for me to stay married to, like, stay in a situation I hate because yeah. it's comfortable and it's a failure to and like the rest I made of, a commitment. Like, the rest of the world will say I'm a failure if I yeah. go towards happiness. But I'm like, getting divorced is a joy. What a, what a way to gift yourself an opportunity to go make a life that is more satisfying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, and it's not just like divorce. I think it's the same way with like a career change. Like yeah. Somebody's a doctor and they're like, you know what? I actually hate doing brain surgery now. Mm -hmm. I want to be a writer. Yeah. And it doesn't and mean like, like you wasted your life being a doctor. No, like that's what you wanted. Like the next, there's a lot to be chapters. Yeah. Life. So do you think then you were just like, I don't want to make a choice. Like, was it almost, you don't want to get divorced. You don't want to live through that. So it's like, I have to make the, I have to make decisions that I'll be happy with later because I can't go back on it. Cause if I do look what happens, families break up, yeah. everyone thinks you're a failure. Like, I just from like, I just feel like we're told that things are a certain way mm -hmm. and that we have certain, um, we have so many barriers and a lot of times there are a lot of barriers in the way of you making a big change in your life, mm -hmm. but it's like those barriers aren't impossible to push yeah. away like yeah like I I look at a lot of people in Toronto because I talk to a lot of people who are actors interested in moving to America for like the opportunities and jobs there and they're like ah, I feel so like there's so many things in the way of me getting there yeah and they're 
there are but it's like what if you wrote out 10 things that are preventing you from getting to where you want to be and like I think this is true of anything you're like oh wow like I really want to have this in my life and being so like that's so far away from where I am and just obsessing over like the distance you are from your goal yeah rather than being like okay, can I, like, make a little, a, like, frog pad? Like, mm. what are the... Like, what are my lily pads on the way there? Yeah, like, it's yeah. like, what do I want? What would be the first step to get to there? Yeah. And then, like, make it into tangible steps. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, okay, the only thing in front of where I want to be is these 10 things. Let me knock one by one by one mm. until they're all gone, and then I'm where I want to be. Ugh. You know? Come on, Amelia. How much do I owe you for this therapy session? I always fo- <laughs> I always focus on the distance between. I'm always yeah, like, it's bitch, a- I can't jump from here to there. How am I going to do that? I think I got addicted to um, inspirational quotes on Pinterest at like the right time. I spent three hours just scrolling through inspirational quotes. Like, did you feel inspired afterwards? Like, did you ge- did you find somewhere you're like, oh, I'm, I feel genuinely affected or, or did it become yes. like? Well, all of them became like meant yeah anytime anybody was like this sucks I would be like here's an emotional quote to cope (laughs) like it was a coping mechanism I was like I'm not allowed to be sad I'm gonna be inspired (laughs) so anytime I had any negative emotion Mm -hmm. I would like confuse the emotion by just stuffing in a bunch of hallmark cards I mean like I have to fit so it's okay so my therapist says that I do this I'm fine to share this is Uh that obviously if I'm gonna say it when I feel an emotion that I was taught or I perceive through learning that is negative so like for me, anger was always taught, and my parents didn't mean to do this, but like I always learned that anger is not is a negative emotion. So when I feel it, I immediately go into like fixer. Like I want to fix it. Like I go into fixing it instead of just sitting in it and being like, no, I'm fucking angry right now and that's okay. Yeah. Okay, so for me, it's actually so bad, but all mm. of my self-growth is from... I can't wait. My motivation for any self-growth I've ever had is wanting to be better at improv. Stop. Okay, I want to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> improv. Okay, so Which what? Is, Explain that. Basically, like, I remember getting into improv and then watching it and being like, oh, um, I've never had, I'd like, I wouldn't be able to play that scene because I've never had that emotion. Like, I remember being in classes and being like, like it would be like an emotion workshop where it was like okay um be ang like walk around the room and be angry at level yeah. five or like walk around the room and be ang level 10 sad we've literally done this warm-up together and i yeah. and i remember like doing it and being like i've never like how do people who are angry at this point perform i sit like how do i like outwardly <laughs> show it like yeah like I'm like oh when I have this emotion I sit silently and distract myself with candy crush yeah like 100%. So, I, so I remember being like so confused and I remember like when I started doing actual scenes I only knew how to be um like ironically happy or <laughs> make them a fighting scene mm. and then I remember being like why is this the case and I'm like these are the only two scenes I have in my life like <sighs> I only am comfortable being angry or ironic ironically happy this and, is why people and, say improv is therapy. And like, that's it why ends I, up. And that's why I went to therapy. Like, I remember, like, my intake session for therapy. They were like, so why are you here? What brought you here today? And I was like, honestly, I want to be good at improv. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> and they were like, uh, yikes. Um, was this in Toronto? Like, when, when did you first, like, how, how did you have your first exposure or experience to improv? 
Was it in Toronto? Yeah, I think I actually um, took a improv kids camp. Okay. Once when I was like 11 Mm. because my parents, it was cheaper for them to sign me up for that rather than like a kids across America acting (laughs) class. Right, totally. Which where I would have been um, like Elphaba and and a wicked junior. (laughs) And that's what I really wanted. But they were like, this class is $200 cheaper. Let's sign you up for that. And I remember like, I I didn't really know what was happening. Like, I don't think I knew it was improv. Then I knew improv existed because I read Bossy Pants when I was 15. And Tina oh Fey God, talked amazing. about Second City. So then I was like, oh, heard of that. I'm following in the footsteps of Tina Fey. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, it was never like, oh, this is interesting. I want to do that. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about it. And then f- freshman year of university, I watched an improv show randomly. Like, I think it was just like me and people on my residence floor were like, we should, we live in a city with high art. We should go do, we should go do art instead of drinking to Smirnoff ice in the dorm. Let's, <laughs> Why let's are they go all British? online. <laughs> let's I go online, know, like, mate. Let's be oh, mate, that's not culture. Um, <laughs> and then being like, oh, all these theater tickets are expensive as fuck. Here's yeah. an improv show that's $10. Uh, maybe that could be fun. And then I watched an improv show and I remember being like, I feel like I would be really, like it, I just remember watching them being like, they look like they are having so much fun and that yeah. they enjoy their lives. I want to have fun and enjoy my life. Yeah. Maybe if I do this, I will enjoy my life. <gasps> and and, and the job, like, emotions, class. too. Like, oh, and they're... they're and I was look. like, oh, my God. People are laughing at them and they're having all these types of emotions. Then mm. I have always had, like, laughing means people are okay with me. So, like, ah. I, I am stressed in any situation until somebody laughs at me. Um, so, like... I was like, oh, they're having every emotion in the world and people are eating it up. (laughs) I want that. (laughs) And then, so had you registered at that point, like, oh, I've been in a camp for this. Or were you just like, I want to take a class. Like, I need to, I need to get into this. And then I was like, okay, this looks fun. Let me get into it. And then I got really into it. Yeah, you did. Okay, yeah. It overwhelmed me. So that's my, okay. So again, when I think about you, I'm like, first of all, I don't know how you're, how you're not exhausted all the time because you do improv, sketch, like your second city conservatory, you're doing Riot at Ryerson, Mm -hmm. you're in Ryerson. You now maybe, I know you have at least two jobs that we've talked about. Maybe the, I think the third one's gone now. Like, just multiple jobs all the time. Hang out with friends. You still... Like, I guess this is my question. I don't know how... I will often go into the same lifestyle, like, having that same amount of output. Like, I'm doing this many shows. I'm having this much going on. But during that time, I never feel like I have enough downtime to come up with any things of like, oh, here's a funny joke because I experienced life and I have a joke. Like I just get depleted. Whereas I feel like you're just like a machine. Like you just always have content. I, I didn't want to say content. Like, but I do. I do. Content. Anytime I live a day on yeah. this globe, I look at myself <laughs> in content. the. I look at myself <laughs> in the mirror at night before bed, and I'm like, damn. You produced a shit ton of content today. <laughs> like, but it's like real content. Like you have like, I can't oh, stop I think creating. Like you're like, or even like, yeah. I just remember being like bored as a kid and mm-hmm. being like, what would be a way to make this situation more exciting? 
having a reaction <laughs> and filming it and putting it like, well it makes sense and like too, I think it you're... was because like I grew up when social media became so big that it yeah. was always like how can I like turn what I'm doing in my everyday into a product yeah and I think like I grew up in a world where everything was all about producing something mm-hmm. um and do you feel I it, just in got that? Tired. <laughs> did you see? Did yeah. you see my face yes. just go inwards? Because Amelia, that is an exhausting. Like, I just do you end up, in my brain? Oh my I God. saw it in your eyes. Like, I just have to keep going with this product, and then it's just like I don't want. <laughs> so, do you do you end up in that in that like in this I did get scenario? Depleted. Yeah, yeah. Do you end up feeling connected to real people in real life? Like, do you no, end up feeling of like? Of course not. Yeah. So how do you? My life is in, uh, in shambles right now, Amanda. No, no, <laughs> it's not no, really. Uh, and if it is, that's fine. I shouldn't say no. Don't. Um, it can be in shambles. No, it's not in shambles. We don't have to fix it. We're so fine. We can just experience. We're shambles. literally the chillest person alive. Okay, chillest. I love it. Um, but you did, and that's something I have always like. Um, I've been so afraid of of not doing enough in all these different areas that what I end up doing is like improv and acting and I want to do this and I want to do that but then I'm never fully spreading diving yourself in, into and anything. then you're like and then you're like nothing's fulfilling because yeah. you're not in anything yeah else. but I feel like you dived capital it's, D dived into improv it's because here. um in high school I got really busy my in 11th grade I used to stress cry once a week and I just mm. lived an insane life and like I look back on that time and I'm like wow I was doing so well I dressed so cute every day and was doing this 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 and this and then my stepmom would like put, put her hand on my shoulder and be like you stress cried once a week like you uncontrollably like would get so tired you would like oh. sleep insane hours on the week like you were not okay like let's not pretend that was thriving in action babe. yeah yeah and I was like okay fine um but I think I remember being really insecure because I was on dance team um, Mm. and I knew I was like one of the worst dancers on it and I was embarrassed by that. So instead of being like, it's okay to not be the best, Mm -hmm. I was like, it's okay to not be the best because I'm doing all these other things. Yeah. And so. Oh, that's totally me. So then I would layer things on and then like I was really into theater and I would never get like 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 I was never the best there because I couldn't sing and wasn't the best actress or whatever like I was never the best at anything so I was like well if I can't be the best at anything I'll be in everything everything (laughs) yeah and that will make up for it yeah um and then I remember being like angry being like well what if I focused on one thing and then let the other things not be perfect Mm -hmm. so one thing like what if I focus on one thing that I care most about and then let and then accept myself not being perfect at the other two wow um but I really did grow up in a world where everything was black and white Mm -hmm. so I am really into kind of like doing it a hundred percent or zero percent there's never like like I think that's like when people are like oh yeah I go to the gym like a few times a week I'm like I'm either on a 30-day challenge or I would walk nowhere all day like (laughs) there's no like I will work out a few times a week like I'm gonna like kind of be healthy I'm like I will be going to yoga four hours a day every day for a year or I will not move like there's no like (laughs) happy medium the whole idea of like being casual about something is yeah. just I'm not familiar with it mm-hmm. um see but okay that's interesting to me because I've talked to you before about even this podcast and me being like I'm afraid of something being mediocre so then I don't even want to do it and you're like just start it just do it so yeah it's because the Pinterest quote start by starting 
um, dash Meryl Streep was etched into my brain. So now when anybody is like, I can't start something, I'm like, start by starting. Start by starting. Like a Meryl. It's true. But then it's like, I feel like the black and white thing is very much like, do it perfectly or there's no point. Yeah. You know? You know what? But then starting it is like, just do it even if it's not perfect. I think, and I I do see that with you. Like, you're like, oh, I have so many things I want to do, but I'm not going to do them until I have a controlled environment where all the variables are certain. Yeah. And I call that, I'm ready. And it's like, that's not ready. And it's like, like, no. no. And I think like that prevents you from getting the thing you want. Like, Mm -hmm. you're putting up all these barriers in your head like, oh, I can't do that unless I do have all this set up and controlled first. Mm -hmm. When it's like, no. That's, you made that up in your head. Yeah. Stop it. (laughs) See, and this is so different to me. Like when you're talking about this for me and then for you, you're like, no, I either have to do it a hundred percent perfect or there's no point. Yeah. Or like, like, um, I also think there's a grace period. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure like, I really am just a collection of quotes that I memorized. (laughs) It really, that is holy be. But I remember, I think it was, I don't know what book it was, Mm. but somebody was like, you should let yourself be awful at something for 10 years first. So like, so when it's something like that's supposed to be hard Mm -hmm. or it's like, what's it called? If it, it was easy, it wouldn't be worth it to try. Yeah. What, what's that one quote? I think that literally is if it's, if it was easy. No. One of the things is if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah, That's not that one. one. The other one, the alt one. Um, <laughs> I think it is um, one. Nothing worth having is ever gotten easier or something. Came easily or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so totally. I think like being like, oh, I want this, and I'm okay with not having it and having like miserable times. Mm-hmm. I'm not a stand up, but like stand ups are like um, part of being a stand up is bombing for ten years yeah. and then suddenly being good. Like yeah. it's you have to start somewhere, and I think. Being like, well, since I can't already do the splits, I guess I'll never join in gymnastics. That is exactly what it is. And I was listening to this, like, there was this woman speaking and she was saying she had done, like, a ton of things. And each time in her career, she was like, she went to the Olympics and then she got a huge injury. She started this business and it, like, all crumbled. Mm -hmm. And then she wanted to be a writer. And she basically was just like, I wanted to be a writer. So I wrote badly every day until I wasn't bad anymore. And that was something where it's like, oh yeah, but I hate, I hate people seeing me fail. I hate people seeing me bomb. I think, oh, they're just going to think that of me or forever. And I think that is a fair fear. And I think I felt that fear too, Mm -hmm. but I think the real fear I have Mm -hmm. is thinking that and being like, because I'm afraid that people will think that I'm bad at something because mm-hmm. they saw me do bad ones, I'm not going to do the thing I want. Yeah. Like, it would, scares me more that I would give up something I want because I'm afraid that somebody will think I suck. Like, oh, why would gift. I? Like, that Like that hurts my feeling. That would hurt my feelings to do to myself. Mm-hmm. To be like, you want this thing, but because you don't want people to think you're weird, you're not going to do it or whatever like I don't know if that's the right way to say that but no my fear is so like that like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah it's like oh so I'm gonna choose I'm gonna give up this thing that I want so badly or that I dream of Uh and I'm gonna choose instead to have this person not think badly of me in this one moment and I'm like do why do I care what they think yeah and am I gonna have to avoid that forever 
Like, what yeah. if they're also there when I want to do this other thing? Then I'm going to back away. Why am I giving them so much power? Yeah. It's psycho. Yeah, it is. And I think it's also, like, um, you realize when you do do something um, that people are surprised by. They're like, I didn't expect you to do that. Mm. I'm surprised. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you realize, like, after doing it once, like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Because you mm-hmm. build it up in your head, like, this person will be like, what do you fucking mean? Yeah. And then it happens and they're like, oh, that kind of surprised me. Anyways, yeah. like you find out like everything doesn't matter as much as you built it in your head. Mm-hmm. And I think assuming reactions is the death of any achievement. Um, oh my God, that was Or like death quote. of any joy, you know? Yeah. I don't often assume, oh, they're going to think I suck. What I think is even worse than that is I assume they're going to, be underwhelmed they're gonna be like right man that was mediocre and I'm like fuck I can't even make an impression like right. I'm just I'm not unique enough to be super shitty like you know people where they're like oh wow I think they are awful but they're but they clearly make enough of an impression that you're going like awful you're going oh I think they're shitty nine out of ten right I don't want to be the five in the middle between That's great like, and awful right I want to be either hate. I would love to be a person where like you hate or you love. You want me. a visceral reaction. Yeah, like you want to affect people. You okay, want to impact people. Okay, I'm obsessed with this. Um, same. Oh, I can't. Like I hate the idea yeah. of, and it's so bad. And I look at it now, and I look at the way I've met people here, mm. and like ev- like a lot of people like know of me, but don't really know me. But it's like they don't really know me, but they know that I was like did this crazy thing or like whatever mm-hmm. and I think that is just like me being like well if oh, I can't be remembered for this I'm gonna be remembered for this <laughs> yeah but it's like this thing, like this commute and, it, and it's funny because I so I've been in the the improv comedy community for like a while mm-hmm. like years I still find myself I said in therapy a while ago I just want to be a part of the improv community and I was like I just stop myself and be like I already am what am I doing yeah but I never feel a part of it I never feel a part my high school friends who I've been friends with for some of these friends have almost been 20 years of friendship oh, sh- Oh my I know. Oh my god, I've never had a friend that's lasted more than I, 3 years. Well, I can't even will last longer. I can't even believe it. Like it's hard. Um those friends, I still I'm just now through therapy, preach my therapist. Guys, I really a therapist. To feel, yeah, I mean, everybody got one. I'm starting we, to feel uh, We're actually now. sponsors of therapy as of, a whole. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, of um whatever that I, I get so many residual checks. Actra, stop it. <laughs> But it's true, like, I feel like an outsider even with them. I'm like, I just want to belong in a friendship group. And, and I'm you like, know I how, have people calling yeah. me your friend. What am I doing? Yeah, I think you have to be like, I belong. I belong. Than, like, I'll belong if these four things happen yeah. to prove it. Do you feel like you belong in the comedy community in Toronto and people know you? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, like, even what not, you were saying, that's a thing. Like, really. I, I see you as a person who is everywhere who everyone knows who everyone loves who ever who you do all I th- these shows I think um actually I think I tweeted this uh, like a little bit back but I was like I probably read it living, I like read all of your tweets living in Toronto is all about having conversations with people who don't want to talk to you <gasps> and, and that is truly my experience in improv because really? in improv especially like I'm just this like like when I started I was literally like 18 year old like weird person that was just 
really loud and mm-hmm. knew, like just there all the time. And people were like, who is she? Nobody wants to talk to me. Why would they want to talk to some kid? Like, mm-hmm. so I, you have to like be like, well, I'm here. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like my entire experience in Canada was people being like, whoa, what is this? And me being like, well, I'm here now. So really deal with it. Like, is that how like it that so it felt like people were like not welcoming towards you no yeah not at all or they would be very like performatively nice Mm. like in a way that's like gets them out of it like you would talk to people after shows and they would be like oh hi nice to meet you great show bye and I'm like I why are you so weird like when people are like because you didn't want the praise unless it was like just tell me if you if you think it was a good show like be honest about it or not not even really that just like the interaction itself Mm -hmm. being like this person doesn't really care about me or is interested in me in any way Mm -hmm. they're just like how do I be like this is Canada as a whole a lot of people are like have a pressure on them to be a nice person Mm -hmm. and they were taught like this is how you are nice Mm -hmm. like you're polite you're whatever you're whatever so they perform all these things that really just exhaust them like Mm -hmm. performatively being nice to people they don't really like because they're like well that's what I'm supposed to do And then I'm like, well, how do you really feel? And I'm such a person that's like, I either hate them or I, whatever. Like, I, I'm like, there's no point in being fake nice. I'm bad at lying. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend. And realizing like, oh, you don't have to be nice. You could be just whatever you are. You can just be, yeah. And people actually don't freak out that much. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I think too, like as a performer, you're always told the, the community, whether it's the acting community, the improv community, whatever, the entertainment community is so small that like word's going to get around if you're being a bitch or if you're being... Right. Like I even know on set there's been times where like I haven't called inappropriate behavior out because I didn't want to be like the difficult the one pers- or the bitch. Right. And it, I remember I was shooting something and on the third day I eventually had to call the director out and be like... Because it was severely inappropriate. It was making me so uncomfortable. Right. And this, and and not to say, but like this was before Me Too movement where I, I think personally I would have felt a little bit more empowered. Right, of course. To yeah. say something, I did not because I always thought being nice and considerate to others is more important than how I feel. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people here, like in Canada, yeah. are taught. Mm-hmm. And I didn't vibe with that and I was like I'm not gonna adhere to that because I'm bad at it yeah (laughs) I feel more comfortable around I mean also too there is a difference between and I don't feel like you're saying anything differently but there's a difference between like being considerate of somebody and honest I think like you can still be kind and not be fakely nice yeah you know what I mean like Like, I think I value genuineness mm -hmm. more but I have run into trouble a lot in Canada in that for me a I feel like someone is being nicer to me if they are saying something mean in an honest way rather than lying to me Mm. and being nice. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the thing I hate most in life is not being told the truth because I feel like I was lied to a lot Mm. at a young age. So now I'm just like, I just want what's real. Like I want to know what, what is really happening? Not like what I like, I'm tired of being tricked or whatever. Yeah. Like, the tooth fairy doesn't exist. <laughs> don't just tell me she's not real and I'll be fine. Don't make me think. Yeah. Like, I just felt like people were dishonest to me and then and the people I could trust and the people that were actually rooting for me were the ones who were confident or cared enough to be honest. And I feel like in Canada, people won't be honest with you unless it's 
they really care about you. Like, yeah. it's easier to, like, be like, I don't really like this person. I'll just be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also the fear, like, I have it for sure in the community. Not that I'm going around being, like, trying to be fake, but I'll go around. And I'm like, I don't want to piss anybody off. Right. I don't want – because, again, it feels small. And I guess I already walk around with this huge, like, loner complex that, like, nobody knows me. Nobody likes me. Nobody's going to remember me. I'm forgettable. I'm mediocre. These are all the shitty things that I'm telling myself. It's nobody else. Right. So I also don't want to go and, like, offend somebody. And then they tell their friend. And then all those people think that I'm a jerk. And then – Because here's the thing, too, is that no one's ever going to come up to me and be like – Oh, so like you were rude, like to Susie. you're like everybody thinks you're a jerk now. Yeah, you're, I'm never suddenly everybody know. will just think, yeah, it's gonna be a quiet fade out, and I'll never get booked on things, and I'll never know, and I'll spend years working Wondering towards something, or, and I'll yeah. never know. And so it's like there is that sort of, and maybe that's the nice that niceness that I would so much rather if someone's upset with me, just come and say you can still be respectful and be yeah. confrontational, like be assertive, not aggressive, or whatever. And yeah. so that's also the fear I think that you never want to. I think there's the fear of pissing someone off because it also feels like such a small pool. But I wonder if moving here from somewhere else, maybe you, do you feel that same pressure that like. I did for a while, but I remember because I do think a lot of people um, new to a community of any kind Mm -hmm. are so scared of like the first impression. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been awful at first impressions, so I've had to lean on second impressions. (laughs) I adored you from the Um, moment I met you, so I don't think you're always. I remember going to summer camp and like trying to be um, friends with these like this like group of girls who were Mm -hmm. there a week early me earlier than me, so they had already like formed the squad. The worst, yeah, yeah. And I remember being there and being like, "Oh, this is so hard. What's happening?" And then like finally got in um, entirely on humor as a coping mechanism. Help. Uh, but then you're on anxiety, like pins and needles, because you're like, okay, you gotta keep like, the spot. I gotta the make spot. them laugh. Yeah. And I did like, all summer. <laughs> oh, and then you were but exhausted. No, no, it was fun. And <laughs> I loved, loved them. But I remember like a few weeks in them all, all coming up to me one by one being like, at first I didn't like you. Now I'm obsessed. <laughs> Like, people always be like, I'm unsure about her. Yeah. Like, my entire life, people are, like, kind of give the face you're giving me right now of, like, <laughs> confused and contemplative. Like, who is this? My entire life, how I know, like, I'm safe yeah. is someone will, like, be like, oh, my God, I love you. Mm-hmm. As, like, and it, it it was and still is in many ways, like, the card of like oh this girl's cute like she is she is some cake like you passed it we like got she's you. a slice of cake like yeah. it's like them just like when people discover like oh I understand she's just like quirky and here to like make people laugh or whatever yeah. I remember in high school I'd like, being on dance team and all the girls were a certain way and I like didn't fit in but mm-hmm. they would be nice to me if I could make them laugh I remember getting dress coded in grade 12 mm-hmm. and like getting What's dress coded um we had like rules about like um the length of pants mm, yeah anyways my mini skirt so fucking cute was really <laughs> fucking short right fair. um fair <laughs> it wasn't fingertip length anyways the principal basically brought me in her office and was like you're being written up and it was really bad to get written up mm. um for uh dress code violation mm-hmm. and I remember like I really wanted to be perfect and I hated getting in trouble so I like I remember coming back and like crying in the um locker room because I was like I didn't want to be in trouble and like all of them were like trying to comfort me but I was so like no I'm only the funny girl get away from me (laughs) so I literally like ran out of the room and was like I'm fine (laughs) wiping the tears away being like no I'm just quirky fun girl were you afraid if you were something else then I was afraid if I was something else and I still am to this day like yeah 
when I cry, I try and like leave a situation and get away from others because I don't want them to see me. Mm-hmm. And like w- people will try and be like be comforting, and mm-hmm. I don't know how to accept it because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, yeah, don't look at me. <laughs> I have human emotions. <laughs> this is the most embarrassing <laughs> blow to my cover ever. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. Like, okay, how many sisters? You have one sister, two sisters. I have um, two half sisters. Two half sisters. So your half sisters. And your mom, your stepmom, your dad. I'm so curious. And twin brothers. And twin brothers. What? Yeah, they're 23. Where are you, where are you in the I'm in the, the middle order? child. You're middle. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. If you couldn't tell. Mom, uh, in the middle over here. Is Are the twins older? Yeah, they're older by a year and a half, but they were okay. like NICU babies. So mm. they're almost two years older than me, but they started school later. So they're just one grade above me. Did your family, did they talk emotions growing up I think the emotions I have were the ones that were shown to me most by my Mm. parents um I think my parents both really wanted to like protect me from their emotions um and be like a parent first so the whole idea of like hey like sweetie I'm sad today like that would never be a situation Yeah. yeah um so, and I think my mom was really unemotional. She would be re- like, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then she'd be really, really angry and then sad after the kind of anger storm mm-hmm. and then back to as if everything was normal. And I think I'm very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a, like they, they are like separate from each other. Everything's like great. Everything's great. Everything's yeah. great. Here is the most toxic two minutes of your life. Ready, go. Yeah. Get it all out. Yeah. And then be like, I was so angry. I was so scared by my anger. Now I'm sad sad for five minutes then being like okay uh everything's fine that never happened and, that's done and scene it's like their posts like you're like i'm posting i'm done we're good with it yeah and mm. i don't i don't know about my dad i think my dad was also nice until he was mad mm-hmm. so i think the emotions yeah. i was really shown as a child was like extreme anger overwhelming sadness and then like happy days wow so yeah no wonder there's no sort of like look this is the bridge between them it was so like it always has to be extremes like everything has to be extreme and as much as like that sucks I do really like that I think in extremes now Mm. like if you're gonna make a choice why not make it big yeah so I and so like in as much ways as that's like a negative trait it's also made me go like I think this is a line from dance moms (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or it's not it's, hit me i love uh, it wait or it's a texas quote a quote about texas everything's bigger in texas but the quote is like i thought that um, was the quote i'm like yeah that's a quote from texas oh go big or go home oh yeah totally it's like if you're not gonna go all out why yeah. even go yeah so so like go all in or stay home like what are you doing yeah so yeah. i always approach things with full passion yeah i respect that because fully. i'm like oh, or else i'm bored <laughs> I want to have more of that. I think you just change your shift your focus a lot because you, yeah. you you're unsure. I second guess myself and then I shift it. I'm like, well, maybe not that. Maybe this. I think you start off with like a lot of energy, and mm-hmm. then when like the like party gets to hour four, you're like, okay, I'm tired. Maybe this isn't it. Maybe I'll yeah. try something new rather than being like, maybe I'll sleep on it and then have another party tomorrow and yeah. just actually go on a 30-day bender and then see how I feel day yeah. 30. And I do a lot of things. I join a lot of parties because other people are doing them and I think, am I being an idiot for not doing them? Instead of just like, no, I'll just go to the parties that I want to and yeah. I won't go because I don't want to, you know? That's yeah. a big part of it too is that I, 
I commit, I, I commit to things because I think I should. No wonder hour four, then I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is right because it didn't sit, it didn't sit right, right in the beginning. But in the beginning, I could justify like sacrificing the time and the energy for it. And then eventually I'm like, wait, why am I? Now this is asking too much of me. No, no, no. There's a certain year in my life where yeah. everything I read really landed for me and became what I believe today. Mm. And I'm pretty sure I read Amy Puller's book at an age where I was like, everything she says is the word of God. When I came off religion, I started reading like um, empowered woman's memoirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And being like, yeah. so this is my new religion. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> like all these quotes from the Amy Puller book being like, okay, this is how I will like lead my life now. Yeah. You like made <laughs> which your is 10 insane. commandments. I was like, Amy Puller's Polar. 10 commandments, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. Well, you're um, looking to grasp things that resonate more But with I was you, like, though. she, like, I remember watching her on Parks and Rec or like watching her in interviews and being like, it looks like she made choices based on what was fun, not what she thought was supposed yeah. to happen. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But. I actually think social media has made that so much harder because you it's just broadened what you can see and what you can mm-hmm. see other people doing. And so it it makes it, at least for me, it makes me second guess my path constantly. Like, it right, because it's you know, so confusing. It's yeah. so much more info than we used to receive. Absolutely. Instead of like, I'm just going to, because the bubble that is your world, even if that bubble is like quite large, like in Toronto or if it's like North America, yeah. that bubble is so exponentially larger when I'm looking online and I'm like, oh, I could go do improv on a boat. That looks so much fun right now yeah. for friends that are doing that. Oh, maybe I should make a short film. Oh, why didn't I apply for this? Oh, right. am I supposed to start... All these things, it's There's, very difficult. It, you see a list of everybody and everything they do in a way yeah. that you didn't used to. No. It's also so problematic because the globalization has helped like social justice in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. we know more information about more things. But it's also made communities so global that like a mental health is fucked up because – there is rather than like I'm the best at this one thing like oh wow I'm really good at collecting berries in my community yeah. I feel a lot of worth because this is my niche mm-hmm. and like everybody having their role in their community yeah. like oh I'm the best singer I'm the whatever now it's like are you the best singer on earth yeah because if you're not you suck your village is now millions yeah the village is is the whole world so then it's like and then you never feel your worth because yeah. you're always like, well, there's somebody better. Like, even if I'm like, like, what the hell do I have to offer? That what do I have to offer doesn't? that somebody else isn't already offering already in, a doing better, in a better way. way? Absolutely. So then you're like, okay. And it is very hard. And you're right. Cause reading yes, please. I felt very much like, oh, she followed and, and Mindy Kaling actually too, like followed what they wanted in that moment. And I, I almost envy and you know what? Here I'm talking because maybe in there, t- like maybe they did have lots of distractions and lots of these other things. Mm-hmm. And it's also in my control. Like get off my fucking phone. But I yeah. feel like very often, like I'll be on a high and I'll, I'll get to like, let's go to Bad Dog. I'm going to go do the show that I'm doing and it's mm-hmm. different and I love it. And I get there and I see a couple people hanging out who I'm like, oh, I love them. I admire them. And they never asked me to hang out. And now I'm low being like, fuck, nobody likes me here. Like I just immediately yeah. go... And it's, and it's like, it's too much. I think just yeah. realizing that's how everybody feels and exactly. everybody's just pretending they're fine. Yeah. So like, even if you're like, this person, it must be 
perfect. They must wake up every day, show up to whatever place they're at, Mm -hmm. and have the best time. It's like, no, they have the exact same fears, even if, like, on paper they are technically doing better than you in these certain facets or whatever. So I always remember, like, how I'm feeling is how everybody in this room is feeling. They're just pretending. Yeah. And they and I'm I'm like I'm pretending they don't know I'm feeling this way yeah like nobody like just pretend like the quote I've lived by it's on my high school letterman jacket <laughs> tell me is fake it till you make it yeah um and it's like pretend and in many ways that's unhealthy <laughs> yeah but in many ways it uh gives you the freedom to do something that you're not confident about yeah. and pretend you're confident and then you realize oh like, maybe I'm not that bad at this. I was blown away to find out that there was a discrepancy between how you think people look at you and how I actually think people look at you. I've actually noticed that in the last, like, five months because okay. I've been more vocal about, like, oh, everybody thinks I'm this and then everybody I am surrounded by is, like, that's not what that's I not think. That's not true. What yes. are you talking about? Okay. So yes. I really am actually have missed the mark on how others perceive <laughs> yeah. me in a big way. I actually have no idea how I come across to others. Well, I think you, I, like, and I think in the way that, like, other people see you way more positively than you think they see you. And I was listening to uh, Whitney Cummings. Coming? Crap. I don't know if there's an S on the end. Whitney Cummings. Cummings. With an S, yeah. Podcast, good for you. She had Dan Levy on. And they did this little exercise. And I can't do it because I already know the end. But I would like to ask you just some general questions. Okay. It's like two general questions. Okay, I love a quiz. Okay, mm. so quiz. It's funny. That's what Dan Levy said. Okay, so uh, question number one. What yeah, is your... Me and Dan are and soulmates. Like, uh, soulmates. This is, is he the dad? Sorry. He's is he the, the dad son. and The son and shit's great. Okay, we are soulmates, soulmates. And I would love to connect. Okay, great. <laughs> you can, And I'll be Whitney and you'll be Dan. Okay, can't Okay, so what is... When you really think about it, what is your favorite animal? Koala. And why? Like, what do you see as a koala? What are, like, three ways that you would describe a koala? Koalas are cute. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. And they're just so huggable. Oh, Um, I just think they're so, like, loving. Loving. I love that. Okay. And then what would be your favorite article of clothing? I already feel like I could tell you. (laughs) Like, that I own? Yeah. (laughs) My fucking sweater. Your root sweater? My red red root sweater. sweater. Okay. yeah, historical why? it's sentimental it's sentimental it's comforting it's constant, constant. it's the k in the y equals xk <laughs> equation so is that how you would describe that sweater sentimental comforting and oh now i'm gonna constant? be calculating like every question no no, no you just think about the sweater um, i like this sweater because it feels like it's been with me through it all yeah it's remained fun yeah and uh you know, it's adapted to change. As it falls apart, I knit it back together. Wow, adapted to change. Yeah. All right. So you want to know what's so interesting? Okay, so this whole quiz, it's a, it, there's like longer about like this. is how you view sex. is how you whatever. But apparently an animal is how you see yourself. So oh. you see yourself as cute, fun, and loving. Uh, do I? I don't know. Do you? I don't feel like. <laughs> and then the idea is that the clothing is how you perceive others to view you which oh. you said remained fun like you will <laughs> stay funny and also adapting to change and people, a constant people like you are like change. you're good at um adapting like you're change. resilient yeah. yeah jumping around it's just interesting to me and actually it's not as big of a discrepancy as I was thinking um 
but it's interesting that you bring up that like with people you're like oh no I have to say the fun person and then as you're talking about your favorite clothing you're like they remained fun they're adaptive they're constant like they don't change (laughs) I'm like oh my god girl I think in my head like if somebody was like how do you think I view you I or I don't know I feel like I've been put in the position of like oh she's the young one that says crazy shit and is fun (laughs) I think I've feel way deeper things about where I think other people are like no we actually know you're not just just fun like I think people are like no we know you actually have a brain you're not just a scarecrow yeah is that (laughs) the correct wizard of Oz breakdown brain the scarecrow just wants a brain yeah 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 yeah. the lion wants courage and the tin man wants a heart okay yeah you're totally right yeah so huge reason why I started this is I just feel like isolated and lost and I wanted to genuinely truly connect with people who I who like inspire me and I want to learn from and the best way to do that is by creating content (laughs) and I live by that busted no Um, but I live by that (laughs) thank you Amelia for coming oh my god and being on my podcast for having me (laughs) I knew it was going to be an amazing time because you're one of the most hospitable people I've ever met oh stop and you only uh, emit uh fun yeah Great. Love you. I'm going to turn this Thanks, off. Thanks, listeners. Thanks. Subscribe to her channel. She puts out new videos every Wednesday. That's Jenna Marbles. You, you're still on Jenna Marbles.